RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather podcast. We are here in Lawfather headquarters. As always, follow us on our social media. Just search for at the Lawfather and you will find it. Uh, on Instagram, you have to search for at the Lawfather Tampa. Uh, so don't be uh, afraid of the imitator out there who has at the Lawfather. So just take a look for at the Lawfather Tampa and, uh, you know, make that little dig there. And we're going to talk about intellectual property today. And, uh, that's where you know the at the law father Tampa and at the law father uh, piece comes about. But we're going to talk about photos and how that works with intellectual property. But before we dive into that, just to stay on the social media side real quick, uh, if all of you go and check out my uh, so my Instagram page, and you will see that we're having a giveaway right now for a signed Ian Beckles football. So those of you in the Tampa area who are big football fans and big sports radio fans. I'm sure you've heard Ian on WDAE uh, doing Afternoon Drive. Uh, For those of you who are actually doing Afternoon Drives right now and not just working from home, uh, you'd find him on WDAE with the Ron and Ian show. So we have a signed football from Ian, who's a good friend of mine, and a $50 gift card to the meat market in Tampa, which is in Hyde Park. And actually, coincidentally, uh, had some lunch over at uh, Meat Market the other day, uh, Sunday brunch, if you will. And uh, really good place, really good experience. So really two good pieces there. So check out the Instagram. It's at the Law Father Tampa. And take a look there. And let's dive into a little bit more with intellectual property and photographs. So let's look at a couple different things. All right. You go out and you're on a trip. You're with your family. Say you're on the beach. You're maybe Anna Maria Island. Great sunset. And you see a stranger come by and you go, hey, here's my phone. Can you take a picture of us with this great sunset? Waves breaking in the background. I know Anna Maria doesn't necessarily have big waves, but there's a hurricane about two days out and uh, the waves are starting to build up a little bit. So we have these nice big breaking waves on Anna Maria. Nice sunset out over the Gulf. Stranger comes by, you hand them your phone to take a picture of you and your family. Okay. Who owns that picture? So let's think about that. Let's look at another potential scenario. You have a pet macaw. This is 100% real story, really happened. For those of you that don't know, a macaw is a monkey. And this person left their phone out. And I guess the the person was somewhere behind this macaw. And and the macaw takes the, the camera, the phone, and takes a picture of himself. And the owner of the macaw is in the background. Who owns that picture? It's her phone. Okay. And then lastly, where this topic really came up and really had some interest being that I like to look at the legal world and how it interplays with the sports world. And I know we've taken a little bit of a break from that, but kind of world events or U.S. events rather have necessitated the need to uh, get into a little bit different topics, right? Get into a lot more of the legal side, as we talked about Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the past and and uh, um, her nominee, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. All right. So we looked at those couple of things and we looked at a, a case down in South Florida, but want to bring it back to the sports world. And 
this story has been on my radar for a few weeks now, I believe actually going on just about a month now that this case has been filed. And there is a freelance photographer, and I believe he submitted these pictures to the Associated Press. But Deshaun Watson goes and sees these pictures of himself, three different pictures, all of him. And he finds these pictures online, don't know how we found them, don't you know, don't know anything else, but he finds these pictures and he puts them on his social media. Oh, hey, it's me. I'm going to put it on my social media. No big deal. It's uh, one of is of him signing some autographs. Another one is him walking into the stadium pregame. And another is him in a jersey and shoulder pads, uh, either practicing or getting ready for a game. Those are the pictures. Three pictures put up on social media. Those of you who follow social media know... You see those pictures once, then they're replaced essentially with another picture on top of that. Not that the picture's truly replaced because they live on in social media forever and ever and ever. And then even after you delete them, they still live on forever and ever and ever that they can be found. So um, there are ways to do that. And on the litigation side, we sometimes have to use that as a tool because shockingly, people on both sides, plaintiffs and defendants, will delete pictures when they're not supposed to, okay? Uh, So they live on forever, these pictures, but they're constantly being moved down the chain because there's constantly another picture and another picture and another picture. Uh, We talk about news cycles. The news cycle used to be a lot longer. I believe the news cycle is like an hour or so now that a news story comes out and it's replaced with another news story and another news story on top of that. So things are a little different, but but that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about who owns these photographs. Does Deshaun Watson own these pictures of himself? Does the family who had this gorgeous framer of a picture with the sunset in the background, do they own that picture? Or in the other case, does the macaw own the picture? All right, so let's look into this. So what it comes down to, what the U.S. Copyright Office has said, comes down to who took the picture. Doesn't matter who owns the camera, okay? Doesn't matter who's in the picture. It matters who took the picture. Now, are there exceptions to this? Absolutely. If I go and I pay a photographer for pictures, most likely we have an agreement, and most likely that agreement spells out who owns those pictures, right? And if you're not doing that, you probably should because it comes down to who took the pictures. And you know, if you have a contract out there with a photographer, you want to make sure that you own those pictures. You own your name and likeness, okay? Not the photographer. So kind of a, an important concept here and maybe something to think about as some of you are getting ready to do uh, Christmas photos and things like that, or, or holiday photos, if you will, because uh, I know not everybody uh, celebrates Christmas this time of year. So those of you who take holiday photos coming into December here, we're coming up on the towards the end of October now, keep in mind who may own those pictures. And if you don't own those pictures, say you're a private person and you don't want that photographer using the pictures that they took of you and your family to potentially advertise for their own photography work, well, you don't have any control over that unless you own the pictures. Uh, I used to see a lot of this. I worked in uh, corporate general counsel and in my days as a sports agent, 
we would see these different agreements and we would work through them in terms of who owns the intellectual property. And we do that here at the law firm too. And we make sure that we spell out that we own all the intellectual property. We as the firm uh, in the sports agent world, we would make sure that anytime we had an agreement with a player and somebody that was giving services such as video or photography, that the player owned the that media and not the photographer. Okay. And the same thing in the general counsel world, it was really spelled out the company owned the intellectual property. And that's what these photographs are. They're intellectual property. So that's why it's really important who owns it. Now, we talked about the sunset and that picture. So you go and you post that picture or you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to crop the family out and I'm going to sell that picture. Well, technically speaking, if the person who took that picture saw it, could track it down and knew, hey, that picture is the picture that I took on your phone, they could come after you for damages. They could come after you for all the money you have made as a result. Okay, so let's look at now the macaw issue. And what does that look like? And who owns that? Because, well, the macaw is a monkey and a monkey is not a person, right? Can a non-person own intellectual property? Can an animal? Can a plant? Can nature? Can anything other than a human being own intellectual property? The answer, according to the U.S. Copyright Office, is no, it can't. So that picture, no matter what was taken there, is free for use by everybody. No one can say that someone else can't use that picture. And theoretically, at least, anybody can profit off of that picture. So let's say you had the macaw who took the family, who took the picture of the family in the sunset, and you were able to crop the family out and just have this beautiful sunset out there and you wanted to sell it. Great, you can do that. But if Mr. Computer Programmer sitting uh, in front of his computer sees that picture and goes, I like that picture too, and I want to sell it also, he can do that. Okay, because no one owns it. That's it's kind of weird. It's kind of a, an interesting area to look at, uh, especially as we're talking about intellectual property and who owns pictures. Now let's take it into Deshaun Watson and how that works. And let's look at kind of the, the black and white letter of the law and maybe the practicality of some of these things. So let's keep in mind too, maybe not the autograph session, but most likely walking into the stadium and most likely a time that Deshaun Watson was in uh, uh, jersey and pads. Most likely this photographer, who is a freelance photographer for the Associated Press, had press credentials. Most likely issued by the team. Could have been issued by the NFL, okay? But most likely issued by the team since... Deshaun Watson is the one who keeps showing up unless uh, this photographer is all over the place, which it, it might be, he, or he might be. So, but in order to get those credentials, most likely he had to sign a contract. So what this may come down to is what's in that contract? That contract may spell out who owns that. Now, there was no contract between Deshaun Watson and this photographer. There wasn't because uh, you, know, you you kind of give up that right, if you will, um, as a professional athlete, that people can take photographs of you. You're out in public, all right, for the, for the most part, right? And these were all taken in public. Now, I don't know as far as the autograph session where they were and if press credentials were needed or anything else. So that one may create a little bit more of a gray area if it was, say, uh, you know, at a sports card shop and, you know, Deshaun's there signing autographs. 
and or actually what we would see more often was uh, we would try to use car dealerships, uh, really good, really easy dealerships like that kind of local feel, bring in athletes, uh, bring people in, sign, and then they're going to try to sell you a car. Not really sure how well that ever worked for selling cars, but uh, they seem to love it. So, um, yeah, so there may not be an agreement there as to who owns that picture and uh, in terms of press credentials and everything else. Now, the NFLPA has given their players guidance on this issue and Deshaun Watson, by mere fact of being in the NFL and playing in the NFL, is a member of the NFLPA, which is the NFL Players Association, which is actually another way of saying that it's a union. Okay, so you know, don't don't kind of lose the forest through the trees here. Football is a business. The players are employees, and those employees have a union, right? Those of you who live in the Northeast, very familiar with unions. I grew up in the Northeast. You'd hear about unions. There's the steel workers union. The, there's an electrical workers union. There's uh, the United Auto Workers Union, uh, which I believe actually the auto workers union is maybe even be one of the most powerful and maybe the biggest. But anyway. So you have employees for the company and you have a union, okay? NFLPA is no different. The players are employees. PA is a union. They pay union dues in, just like any of those other examples. And the, the PA has come out and said, hey, players, watch out for this. These photographers, and I'm paraphrasing, okay? So I'm not saying this is exactly what the PA said, but you know, kind of keep in mind the PA is very, very protective of their players, of all the players, uh, that's their job and they do a really good job at it. So uh, I do commend them on that. But hey, players, these photographers are out for you, okay? They are trying to get your money. Now, I really don't think the photographers are out there trying to get their money. And like I said, I'm paraphrasing. But the point being is, players, you see a picture of yourself online, don't go take that picture and post it online on your social media without paying for it or giving the person credit. Got to contact the photographer. Got to contact the person who took that picture because they own it. Okay, so the players have been educated on this. Now, does that mean to say that I think Deshaun Watson's completely in the wrong? No, I don't. Um, I, I mean, we're talking about his Instagram account. He goes and he finds a picture and he puts it up on himself. Now, or puts it up of himself on his own social media. Now, here's the thing I look at. Here's the thing from the legal side that I'm looking at. How is this photographer damaged? What are the damages in this, right? And that's one of the big questions that we have as attorneys as we're looking at things. It's not always a question of, were you wronged? Did somebody do something to you? But what's the damage? And for lack of a better remedy, for the most part, when we're talking about damages, we're talking about money. Okay, real estate is really the only exception to that, or it's the, the most common exception to that, where you aren't always talking about money. But for the most part, we're talking about money. What are your damages? And from a legal analysis side, the reality is you could have somebody who's been completely wronged, but there's no money. There, there's, there's no real damages. Okay, and that's what I'm kind of looking at here with the Deshaun Watson case. He didn't take that photograph and use it to promote himself, okay? Uh, thinking by, maybe back about 10 years, Getty Images and iHeartRadio uh, had, uh, Getty Images kind of came down on iHeartRadio, who had used some pictures that were actually licensed to Getty Images. And 
I, I don't know if there was a lawsuit or if they just settled out of court, but there was a, a substantial sum of money paid to iHeart or paid to Getty from iHeart. And the big key there was they were using it for promotional purposes. They were using it. They were using those photos to make money for their business. And therefore, they should have paid for those images because they were using them in furtherance of their, of their business. And there should have been a dollar amount attached to those photographs. Okay. But what we're talking about with Deshaun Watson here is him putting them up on Instagram. He wasn't essentially trying to make money for himself, although you could make the argument that anything you post on Instagram as a public person or as a business is intended as a promotional tool. But I think that may be a stretch. I think that's that's a big stretch as we're looking at something like this because how do you put a dollar value on one particular picture? And I don't think you really can. So what are the damages, right? Because the lawsuit talks about, well, you didn't give credit to the photographer and you didn't pay for the pictures. So is this really about just having your name associated with that picture? And what does that really buy you? What is the value of that? Or is it about, well, you didn't pay me for that picture. Okay, I mean, you can go and look at any sports collectible site and I could probably find a Deshaun Watson picture for uh, unsigned, that is, uh, you know, maybe five, $10 printed on an eight by 10, no frame, just a picture and send it in the mail to me. I mean, not, we're not talking a big dollar value here, right? And if I just want to, you know, put it in my house, great. I just spent $10. So what's the real value of that picture? And, and does it degrade the value of that picture based on it being on the Instagram account? Or what makes those pictures special, right? Is there a difference in the type of picture? If this was the Sean Watson going airborne to score a touchdown to win the Super Bowl in the final seconds of the game, and this was the only picture out there that captured that, does that have more value than Deshaun Watson sitting at a table signing something? I don't know, right? And that's the legal analysis of how you would look at that, all right? So do I think that there's technically a case by the letter of the law? Yeah, that photographer owns that picture, okay? It seems kind of odd, right? Because it's, it's his own likeness. It's Deshaun Watson's likeness. It's him. It's actually him. And he actually just put it on his social media. But at the end of the day, that photographer owns that picture. Now, the backstory on it is the photographer asked Watson for some money. Watson or his representatives don't really know what, but at the end of the day, it's still Watson, whether it's his, him or his representatives, said, no, we're not paying you for that. Okay. Now, we don't know what that sum of money was. I mean, it may have been something utterly ridiculous, right? I mean, my guess is if the photographer asked for five bucks, you know, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm saying here, three pictures times $5, here's $15, go away because it's going to cost me more just to dial the phone and have my lawyer's phone ring. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the harsh reality of it, especially when you're talking about these intellectual property lawyers. I mean, we're talking several hundreds of dollars uh, per hour uh, when we're talking about intellectual property lawyers. They, uh, they uh, really highly specialized and highly priced. So keep that in mind, okay? And let's transition this picture talk into a question that I get a lot. And it's, what should I do after a car crash? And, and I know a lot of what these shows and, and a lot of what I talk about in these is car crash stuff. Well, it's kind of important. It's, it's what 
you know, law father does on a daily basis is car crash cases. But here's a good tie-in because this is something that we're missing a lot. Okay. And keep in mind, you would own these things. And if you could find a way to sell them and make money off them, you could use them. Uh, and you know, I, I know people do a lot of marketing with car crash pictures. So maybe an avenue to make a couple extra bucks on your car crash. I don't know. Maybe you could try it. I don't know if anybody would actually buy them. But uh, like I said, that would be available to you. But what to do after a crash? Take lots of pictures. Okay. Take all of those pictures, but don't put them on your social media. Okay, social media is bad for cases because the insurance companies and defense attorneys use them. We use it as well when we look at defendants. Okay, uh, I have been on the receiving end of an insurance company saying, yeah, but we just saw your client run an obstacle course race. How hurt were they from the crash that happened two months ago? Oh, yeah, you. Uh, I think you got us there. Okay, so keep that in mind. But the moral of the story is take lots of pictures, okay? You can never have too many pictures of a crash. Get the roadway, get the debris, get both cars, get where the damage is, okay? Get all of that information. If the person's looking at trying to leave, get their license plate information, okay? We, we have a different burden to follow than the police do. So all we have to do is be able to prove that that car was in that spot during that crash, okay? So even if the police can't help you on the criminal side, we can help you on the, on the civil side, okay? So keep in mind, the person who owns the pictures or the person who owns the pictures is the person who took the pictures, all right? The Deshaun Watson case is really highlighting that in a very public way. Uh, it's something I'm gonna follow. Uh, like I said, this case is only a month old and cases that are a month old, there's not really a whole lot going on with them yet. So I'd say in about two or three months, maybe we'll do a check-in. I know, you know, that's a, a long teaser time. I know uh, I would I would suppose those in the radio business would say that's way too long of a teaser time. But those of us in the legal side know that these things take that long. Okay, so we'll follow up with that. As I mentioned at the top of the show, take a look at our social media, specifically our Instagram. Do you want to win an Ian Beckles signed football? Okay, it's a nice uh, Buccaneers logo on the one side, Ian Beckles on the other. Those of you who don't know, Ian played for the Bucks back in the creamsicle jersey days. All right. So really cool thing there. And a gift certificate to Meat Market in Tampa. Really, really great place. So follow the rules that are on the Instagram uh, page for that. Now, truth be told, I don't own those pictures because somebody else took them. So how about that? Okay. But they're the same ones who put them on. So I think we're good there. I don't think they're going to come after me for the use of those pictures. But anyway, take a look. Get your entries in. And that is the show for today here from Lawfather headquarters. Lawfather out. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. Democrats and Republicans together were hoping that President Trump would have a different view of COVID-19 since he got it um, wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. He just he spun it. He flipped it. Like literally while he was getting air, you know, uh, helicoptered over to the to the hospital. And I was listening to the, the, the narrative. Everybody's like, oh, my God, this is really bad. And I'm sure President Trump's going to learn. No, absolutely not. He spun it to make himself macho man. Now, 
not li- not literally, but almost literally. He came off Air Force One the other day in one of his little get-togethers, which he shouldn't be having, blaring the song Macho Man by the Village People. By the way, the Village People don't want him to play the song. Now, if you get the Village People telling you not to play their song, can it get lower than that? If you, I understand if you have, uh, I'm telling you, uh, Bob Dylan, say, don't play my song, or uh, Stevie Nicks, don't play my song. The Village People? don't want you to play their song and you're the president of the United States. You think about that for a second. If the president of the United States is playing your song, isn't that good for your brand? And for somebody to say, don't play my song tells you what people think of Donald Trump. You can find Ian Beckles flavor in your ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn radio and radioinfluence.com. 